0: Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety chat.
1: Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Nick Coyle, an industrial safety consultant from Ohio BWC. Welcome, Nick. Hey, Mike. How you doing today? Good, good. So, Nick, we're going to talk about the top ten most disabling workplace injury and their cost.
0: Yeah, you know, this is a really great study that comes out annually every year, and I recommend all safety professionals, HR professionals, and anyone else involved in safety and health in their organization take a look at this on an annual basis. Liberty Mutual produces this document called the Liberty Mutual Workplace Safety Index for the current year, and we're looking at 2021's data. And this is developed annually, and the index ranks the top 10 causes of serious non-fatal workplace injuries by their direct cost to United States businesses. And the 2021 index shows that these injuries amounted to a total of $58.61 billion wow. of direct U.S. workers' compensation costs. Wow. Think about it, That's just direct cost. And as you remember probably from many of our discussions over the years, there's direct and indirect costs. We're only talking direct cost right now. So imagine how much more companies have paid out in safety injuries in the year 2020 for 2021's data.
1: Right, because I mean, if you have an injury, that could be repetitive time off work, five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road from the initial cost that's not even included in that figure, right?
0: Right, and it doesn't include other things like if you're off work, how how many hours did I spend doing HR research into the investigation? How much did I pay in overtime? for somebody else to come cover your shift or hiring practices. And we all right. know here in 2021 hiring employees is not the simplest thing to do. Uh, the market is really tough. So it doesn't include all of those additional costs.
1: So Nick, that's great information. Let's go. Let's start at number 1. What's the first, the number one most expensive disabling workplace injury? So accounting for
0: 22.7% of the cost of the top 10 cost is overexertion involving outside sources. That means overexertion from handling objects, picking something up, lifting, twisting, turning with it, and placing the object down. And this is something that is often overlooked inside of companies. Having a strong ergonomic program is so important for the safety and health of your employees and the cost of your safety and health programs. However, I would say in my experience of consulting with companies, 90% of them don't have an ergonomic program in place. They might hit on it a little bit and talk about it in in some other fashion, but there is no direct ergonomic program in place. So if you want to start making your workplace better, start with an ergonomic assessment. It does a couple things. First, it's going to help identify those issues and help you engineer them out. By engineering them out, though, your work cells become more effective, which means you're going to improve your production numbers and you're going to improve quality because you're going to have less chance for mistakes.
1: And as you're talking, I'm looking at the stats up here on the screen, Nick. It's just amazing. How much do you think fitness and good health practices in general would help prevent this cost? It just makes me reemphasize how much we should be promoting those uh, workplace health and wellness programs.
0: Yeah, and we know here in Ohio, we are not in the top 10 of the healthiest states in the country. uh, We're much, much lower than that. And that's why we have the Better You Better Ohio program and why we're continually pushing health and wellness in the workplace. A healthy worker is injured less, returns to work faster, and their claims costs are much, much lower. And this is just another way of showing that. If we're healthier and we're more flexible, we can handle these overexertion injuries better.
1: And I would assume some of these are preventable too through even uh, pre-shift stretching programs and just simple things that don't take much time and money. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's another great way that we can help control those costs. The biggest piece though, honestly, is proper ergonomic setup of your workplace. We have this tendency to do things that are simplest for us. So if I'm gonna grab a box of screws every five minutes and I'm gonna grab a motor every four hours, what am I gonna put on the center shelf? I'm gonna put the box of screws because it's convenient for me, even though it's the lightest item. I'm gonna put that heavy motor on the top shelf or bottom shelf because I don't need them as often. However, that leads to overexertion, which leads to $13 billion
1: in injury costs here in the United States. Wow, that's crazy. That's one, almost 25%, almost one out of every four of the top 10 is in overexertion. So, Nick, what's number two? So, number two is another one that we can easily work on, and it's really important here
0: in Ohio, which is falls on the same level. Slips, trips, and falls are an issue. We talk about this at Portage County Safety Council all the time, and I talk about it with my customers number one what does your work area look like are you doing routine audits of your work area to make sure slip trip and fall hazards don't exist and more importantly it's i get that it's september right now we're enjoying fair season but right around the corner is is ohio winters and ohio winters means slip trip and falls outside how are you controlling the snow and ice in your workplace because that accounts for 18 percent of your claims slips trips and falls is an easy piece that we can spend some time on and improve in our workplace to reduce our overall costs
1: you know, for some reason, like, when we think about falls, we always think it's from top down. Falls to the right. lower level, which is number three, and we'll get into that. But but we sometimes, I know we slips and trips, we get that. But falls, you don't really think about that. From It's like if I climb up, I get there's a fall risk. But if I'm right. walking, that it's just, okay, there's a slip and trip thing, but I don't really think about falls too much. But this is the number two, almost $11 billion in cost for the employment. Think of how much it raises or how many other things that could have been with that money instead. So... On the number three, falls to lower levels. Yeah, so this is
0: when we're working on elevated surfaces, be it working it from a ladder, from a man basket, or just on a secondary story story level of a factory where maybe we have a mezzanine and we're storing equipment and we don't protect people from falling down there. Ladder falls happen way too often, even step ladders. Those can be catastrophic injuries for individuals. So falls to lower level, which means one story or more, accounts for 10.7% or $6.26 billion annually to businesses. We need to have better ladder safety programs. And that's why OSHA revised that code recently and are really strict on their inspections. What does your ladder safety program look like? And what does your fall arrest system look like? Construction's another area. When I look at contractors as I drive around, you know, and I have my safety hat on, even outside of work, I see roofers all the time not in harnesses even residential roofing you need to be tied off because you could fall off that roof
1: yeah i'm gonna skip down to number seven just to include it because if you look at number two number three and number seven so falls on the same level number three is falls to the lower level and number seven is slip slip or trip without a fall just slip trips and falls in general is literally a third around 33 34 percent of of the top 10 injuries so if we just address one thing and our toolbox talks every week or every day, however we do that at your facility. It, it's this is a big deal. This is literally thirty three percent of the cost One third of all your costs are going to be related to slip, trips, and falls.
0: And this is not just isolated to these statistics we see here. You know, oh well, it's the big companies that are causing the cost driving factors and those things. I'll tell you from my experience, as we work with new customers, we run a loss analysis tool on that company from a state perspective, and we look at their specific claims and. 80% of the time, 8 out of every 10 visits that I do, overexertion um, is the classification code that's driving the majority of their cost. And, and from the BWC standpoint, overexertion includes slips, trips, and falls because it's usually where we get the strains and sprains is because of slips, trips, and falls. So this is prominent here in the state of Ohio also as a common factor.
1: That's crazy. Number four, struck by an object or equipment.
0: So this is being hit by an object. And, you know, I just recently worked this with another customer. They were moving a piece of equipment, trying to get it in place. The, the equipment slipped and it smashed their hand. We're, we see this often all the time. We see moving parts. We're not guarding things correct, correctly. Or we don't have the right procedures in or didn't think about how we're doing the setup. And so these are struck by objects or equipment as a common thing. Another 9.6% or $5.61 billion of cost for a company. And number five is similar to number one, Nick. What is number five? Yeah. So number five is overexertions or bodily reactions. Once again, if we start thinking about the ergonomics of how we do things, how we're overexerting this, and this is just how we're moving in the day, you know, there's so often we create these awkward postures for the workplace. It's because, you know, it's more convenient just to leave things where they're at, or, you know, maybe we're going to squat all day and not give them some type of Um, a stool to sit on, whatever it may be. We put everybody in these awkward work positions and then we wonder why we have these claims. And sometimes these claims don't happen today. These are the ones that slowly build over time. And it may not happen today or tomorrow or even five years from now. But 10 years from now, I've done this job for so long in these awkward positions, now I need a shoulder replacement, I need a knee replacement, and it gets really expensive. And not only does it hit you with direct costs, but you're paying workers' compensation on that claim for four years after it happens. So you have
1: these huge costs that you're going to pay out later in life. And number six, we know this is a huge one, vehicle crashes.
0: You know, roadway incidents are a big issue. Distracted driving is is an issue uh, all across the nation, and it is a continual topic. I know for me, just as I was when I was on the road driving a lot for consulting, it was amazing how many distracted drivers you see. You see people on their phones. You see people um, having conversations with other people. You just see them just kind of staring off. And there's so much distracted driving out there that there's a focus in on that a lot by a lot of the highway patrol divisions too. It's almost, and we I think we talked about this in another presentation, Mike. It's as, as distracting driving is as, as bad as drunk driving. We, in fact, there's a focus by a lot of patrol divisions now on distracted driving. Like we used to have DUI checkpoints, now we have distracted driving corridors where we're trying to get people's eyes back on the road, off of their phone, and paying attention to what's happening in the workplace.
1: I remember driving the last few years, the 76 headed toward Akron every Monday. I had to go in the, a, a satellite office there and it was amazing. Some of the people they would do and, uh, you know, try to reduce, I know I get text messaging, I get all that people on their phones, but I've saw people like literally read books, like where the speedometer is while the steering wheel looking yeah. down at the book. I saw someone watching the movie on the laptop, they had a laptop on a desk. And the person was weaving left the center it's no laughing matter but i was it was just incredible and i'm like this this little like honda fit type car was going in. and i'm like what's going on i was like is this person having a stroke a heart attack and i pull up and kind of take a look and it was it looked like a a college-age student watching a movie on the laptop i was blown away while they're yeah. driving on a highway doing like 15 20 below the speed limit weaving out the lanes
0: unbelievable it drives my wife crazy nowadays, but I don't take the highway anywhere. We take back roads everywhere we go because I've taken the stance of I'd rather get in a motor vehicle accident at 40 miles an hour than 80 because these people not paying attention. I've had so many close calls on the highway where I look in the rearview mirror and we're all stopping for some hazard and they're still doing 80 miles an hour and they're shooting off into the media and trying to avoid people because there's so much distracted driving. And that's why that accounts for $3.16 billion in workers' compensation costs. That's just the injuries. That doesn't even include all the costs that they have to pay out for the damage to the vehicle, to other people's vehicles, and all the lawsuits that ensue.
1: Wow! That. I didn't even think about that. So if you you accumulated the total loss damage, the cost there, it would, it would have to be up there probably number one. I just would imagine. So, yeah. but but number seven, we already talked about slip trips and falls or slipper trip without a fall so let's go to number eight nick what's number eight in the list? so
0: number eight is struck against object or equipment so this is where we're colliding with objects in some fashion maybe this is part of that slip trip and fall and we fall into the machine or we we strike the machine as we walk around it uh, i remember you know early in my career i had an employee who had his pretty serious gash in his head and we had to get stitches for him because he was working in our utility tunnel and we had uh, l brackets down there to hold up the utilities that ran through and he was just having a conversation, not paying attention. And he walked right into the L bracket ended up with 10 stitches in the side of his head from that. So those are little things, low-hanging fruit, that if we're doing our due diligence and we're doing safety audits, we should be catching those and fixing those. Those are easy ones, low-hanging fruit that you could fix.
1: And I do that at home all the time. I need to get some safety posters for my bathroom and <laughs> different things walk around certain areas of my house. That's, that's good information. So where are we at? We're at number nine. number nine is our
0: cotton or compressed by equipment or objects you know these are just really bad injuries um you know they're they're very costly injuries and this is because we don't have proper machine guarding i don't care if your equipment was built today or 100 years ago if you've made modifications to it it's got to be up to the newest machine guarding standards and really you need to remember this over under around and through if i can find a way to purposely get over under or around the guard and get to the point of operation it's not guarded properly and that's really what i tell my customers to do when i walk around and teach them how to do safety audits and i'm auditing them i ask them how do i purposely hurt myself i know that sounds crazy but somebody's going to find a way to do it i had a customer who had an employee who lost two fingers because they thought the machine was properly guarded and it was guarded really well however that employee knew that it took 10 minutes to shut down the machine clear jam and restart it to get it going which hurt production so, he found if he laid on his back and crawled under the machine, he could wiggle his hand up in there and knock out the part with his fingers, and then the machine would start cycling again. And he had done this multiple times and been successful. However, one day, he was a little bit slower than the machine was and lost two fingers in that case.
1: Ooh. Ouch. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. So, we wow. got to think about that. You got to look at how could somebody purposely hurt themselves. What's the workaround going to be for that?
1: For a guy, probably not even thought about it. Oh, I've done this a thousand times, and one time it got him.
0: You know, that's why I tell people your injuries are an inverted bell curve. Your newest employees are going to be hurt because they don't know what they don't know, right? They're new to the job. They haven't seen the job long enough to know that hazards. And your your most senior employees have a high rate of injury because they've been here so long that we've developed bad habits and shortcuts that just grow and grow and grow until we have an injury. So really, it's your middle employees that are doing a great job. It's this inverted bell curve of injury.
1: Awesome. That's good information. Number 10. Last
0: one, Nick. Repetitive motions involving micro tasks, that's doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know, that's that employee who's turning that wrench to tighten down four bolts on the top of a motor, sending it down the assembly line and doing it again. It's very, very small tasks that they repeatedly do. That results in injuries. Uh, in fact, when we had our safety intervention grant uh, program in place, I helped a company resolve a major issue. They were on the road for repetitive motion disorder injuries, this type of claim. Um, in the future because they had a very repetitive task. But the task was so repetitive and so hard on people's elbows that employees were actually quitting. Their retention wow. for that job was five days and then somebody would quit. Wow. Five days and somebody would quit because their job was to pull out plastic uh, slack inside of uh, jars. So the jar would come off the line, you take a pair of pliers and rip it out, grab the jar, rip it out. And that's all they did all day long. Their arms hurt so bad at the end of five days, nobody lasted. So their their retention w- was low. Their advertising, their interviewing, their training costs were skyrocketing. They were losing so much money on this. So not only does this help you reduce those injuries by getting rid of it and automating those processes, but it also reduces the cost of those claims in the future.
1: nick this has been fantastic information. But before we get off here, is there any final thought you have for our members that may be maybe watching or listening to this on a podcast?
0: You know, if you take a top 10 list like this every year and just walk around your facility, you can identify at least one of these, if not all of these that exist. Do that and it doesn't have to be fixed today. Set up short-term and long-term goals on how you fix that and then slowly progresses towards making that. But also making these changes, any of these, creating these safer environments is gonna change the culture of your organization. And that's the true key to success and safety. It's not the programs, it's not the training, it's the culture. And having a routine inspection process and making this part of what you do and eliminating these pieces and creating a safer work environment will reduce injuries retain better employees and attract better employees and that is a recipe for success
1: nick perfect couldn't have said it better myself thank you so much everybody out there thank you for listening subscribe to our podcast like and share that information and uh download the apps you can get an apple podcast spotify pandora google podcast app it's on iHeartRadio, Alexa, everything, everywhere you want to get information going right to your phone. Everybody out there, again, thank you for listening. Subscribe to that podcast and be safe. All right, everyone be safe.